The Planted Mindset podcast is sponsored by Sassy 10, a new online fitness and nutrition program designed specifically for you if you're a menopausal mum who feels like your body of your 20s is a distant memory. You've lost your energy, motivation, but most of all, your sparkle. During your journey, you'll be supported, listened to, held accountable, motivated and re-energized to transform not only your body, but your mindset too. You'll be given everything you need to sculpt a stronger, sexier you in just 10 weeks to regain your sassy. Follow Sassy in 10 on Instagram and find out more by clicking on the link in the bio or hit the link in the show notes to start today. The hardest part is starting, but you'll be so glad you did. Welcome to the Planted Mindset Podcast and episode 38 is the solo episode, which I thought I'd record on the back of having completed the Cambridge Half Marathon at the weekend to say, yes, you can run half a marathon too, if you want to. <laughs> I want to give 10 tips really here today if you're new to running or even if you do run but you haven't run further than perhaps a 5k or haven't even done a park run of what you need to do to be able to be in a place to run a half marathon so absolutely everyone can do it that's, that's for sure without doubt but it's not happen without then uh, some strategy and plan in place to make it as enjoyable as possible uh, you don't just want to obviously complete it and find that it was an absolute mind running is so good for both the mind and body so it's trying to enjoy the process and journey whilst you do it but to be able to run a half a marathon you do need to prepare your body for the distance so that you ensure you don't overdo it and run the risk of obviously injuring yourself there's so much going on body and when we exercise we naturally put stress on the body it's a good stress adrenaline and cortisol but we do need to bring that body back and if we hammer the body too much we reduce our immunity and we're a lot more likely to you know get uh, colds and and bugs and things like that or we're gonna potentially injure ourselves which will put pay to <laughs> being a run in the first place and I think that's one of the biggest um, things that hang over your head with regards to running a race, especially once you've set your date, because you potentially can never be sure um, that you're going to be injury free onto that date. You just hope so, obviously. And that's why it's so important to follow these processes um, to give yourself the best chance possible. Um, but it is it is easier than you think, actually, um, and be really fun. Uh, that <laughs> is it comes with a caveat of uh, getting in those those runs, those training runs, because I <laughs> I remember back to the first time I ever run ten miles, which was quite a big jump. Uh, because the previous race that I'd done was uh, just 10k, so 6.2 miles. So quite a big jump to get from 6.2 up to 10. Um, I don't remember how much I did training for it. Um, I, I naturally did train, but I don't remember actually having a plan. And this is why I'm saying like when you start going into that half marathon distance, you really do need to have a plan in place. But I did do the 10 miles. And my body didn't thank me. 
<laughs> it certainly didn't like it probably about mile eight um, and said what the hell are you doing to me and I remember every part of my body hurt including my hips my legs I just felt absolutely knackered <laughs> Um, and this is where the mindset comes in as much as obviously about the body, because when your body is screaming at you, it's your mindset that has to get you over that finish line. And it can be <laughs> a very lonely place, a lonely, painful place. And I do remember crossing that finish line, which was uh, in a running track. It was Harlow uh, running track. And I thought I was sprinting to the line. No, I wasn't. <laughs> it was a slightly faster shuffle. Um, and God, did my body feel like I felt like I'd been hit by a truck um, the rest of that day. And the next day, the knees were sore, the legs were sore. Admittedly, you know, a couple of days after uh, my body had recovered. But I remember the restless legs at night and just that pain. So this is why it's so important to build your running up slowly if you've not run before. Because having done Cambridge on Sunday, I didn't have any issues, uh, surprisingly, with that restless legs or any aches. You can get sore knees. Um, you know, and you can pick up bits and pieces apart from the balls of my feet that were on absolute fire. So just imagine grating your, <laughs> the balls of your feet with a cheese grater. That's what they felt like probably from about mile 10 because I'm a, a forefront runner. So I do run on the front of my foot. So I'm taking a lot of friction on those balls of feet and, and everyone's running gait and stances is, is slightly different. So that's why none of my friends had the same uh, situation there. So yes, my, my feet were, were sore, but other than that, I had no aches or pains in my legs at all. And as I say, that first 10 miler, oh my God. So it is build it up slowly and the body does get stronger and it does adapt. So I just want to give these 10 tips uh, so that if you are thinking of doing it, um, hopefully these will help you along the way so that you can achieve it and not just obviously achieve that race, but actually enjoy it too. So the tip number one is, is know your starting point. So even as accomplished runner, um, every training plan or that, that journey to that race day is going to be different. Uh, so don't ever assume you, you may have, uh, racked, you know, a PB on, on the same distance, or you may have done a different distance, but you have to give each race the respect that it is due and come into it with, um, an, an open mind because, just because you may have done 5k or 10k or even a marathon or whatever it is just because you have doesn't mean that this one's going to be the same so it you know you don't know where you're at in in life in general you could be more stressed at work um you could have a lot on your plate um you may have dropped your fitness um you may not be as hot on your nutrition all of these things have play a part you may not be sleeping as well and obviously you may be a year older. <laughs> and having said that, I, I see uh, remarkable uh, results from uh, seniors in, in the running. Um, when I crossed the finish line, uh, collected my medal on, on Sunday, um, I asked a lady that I saw was waiting for someone if she wouldn't mind taking a picture. And I would guess she was in her 50s or maybe her 60s. And 
Um, I said, oh, did you have a good race? And she said, yeah. She said, yeah. And she was buzzing. She said, I've only, I've only run her and, you know, I've been running a few years. Um, I said, oh, cool. Like, you know, uh, how did you get on? What, 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 was your, what was your finish time? She said, 148. <laughs> I was like, wow. So it just goes to show you, 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 you know, everyone uh, has a different ability and you won't know until you go and run the race where you sort of fit. Um, but you'll always in a running race find someone older, younger, bigger, smaller um, and in fancy dress in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sobering thought uh, so be prepared for that but yeah know know your starting point um and and go from there so number two i would say is uh, actually book a race because without having a goal in mind we're going to put things on the back burner and we're not going to be as committed but when you actually have a date fixed and you've booked that race and maybe you will be even running for charity you have that extra discipline or responsibility on your shoulders to complete your training plan because there'll be days when you don't want to do it. And um, it's important that you get those trainers on um, for all of those runs. But first of all, get out there, you know, book that race and just get the trainers on and, and get a feel for where you're at. Just go for a jog. Um, don't put a time limit on it. Just just see where you're at and how it feels um, and then I would go into point three from there obviously have a plan so you you've you've pretty much assessed how you felt on that first run whether you, you know you're breathing out your backside or whether it felt good um, and now you know the, the duration that you've got between now and the race day you you have to work backwards so you can download a plan if it is the half marathon from the internet there's lots of them there obviously bear in mind what time you feel you want to complete that marathon in half marathon in so get the right plan for you and how much time you can commit to obviously your training will have an inference so Ideally, you, you want to be looking to do a, a minimum of, of three training runs a week, um, preferably four or five, depending on your schedule. Um, but obviously, these need to be of different duration and intensity. So you're not literally just running the same amount of mileage out there. Um, you are varying it, not least to obviously <laughs> keep it strangely fun. Um, but it will help build your body up um, to get race ready so um you you do need to obviously have the right uh, trainers and running gear etc etc i'm not going into all of that now but feel free to take a look at the website sassy10.com and look at the blog post because i have done a top 10 of essentials for running uh, which includes trainers, socks, etc., etc. So all of these things. So I'm not going to go into all that now, but you need to have a, a strategy, even though you've got your plan in place, um, depending on where your fitness is at. So ultimately is getting your body acclimatized to the increase in distance that you're going to put it under and that strain and to do it in a way that is not going to invoke obviously injury or stress to the body. So when you start out, have a run walk strategy. Um, it, it really, really helps, not just obviously for, as I said, the, the body, um, for the, the, the muscles, the joints, the ligaments, the tendons, but also for the mindset, because you want to stay positive with this, you know, 
race that you're going to be doing and you you don't want to be on the back foot before you start and feeling despondent so building it up slowly um you know a good strategy is to to run to to a lamppost and then walk but slowly um reducing obviously the amount of times that you walk and increasing the amount of times you run um so build it up gradually and uh, you'll be surprised at how the body adapts literally week from week if you commit to those training months that you do um it's, it's amazing um so doing a, a running couch to 5k uh, group seeing the ladies improve from like week one of running you know 60 seconds to running eight minutes that have never run before um, and as I say, this is couch to 5k and it's it's just wonderful to see because I think they're all surprised as well when they, they see what their body's capable of. So if you commit to those training runs, uh, minimum three up to five times a week, your body will adapt. Uh, tip number five, uh, mix up your running. So you want to be doing... Um, obviously those longer runs but you also want to be doing slower runs uh, those runs slower too they always say to, to to train and run that much slower than than race day so absolutely you may have an idea of what time you want to complete that race but you don't want to be running at that pace when you're training because you're just going to strain your body so you do want to be running your training runs a lot slower than what you think you'll actually run but you need to include different tempos um different variety of running so that would be hill climbs within it um off-road running uh, interval training all of these are a bit grim and they hurt uh, so you know by all means go to a running club or or team up with a buddy to get those in because i'm not gonna lie um I, I need to be held accountable to do interval training. It's, it's, it's tough, you know, to push yourself that hard. And I go to a running club and therefore then I know when I go, I'm, I'm just going to complete that session. And every time I'm doing those interval trainings, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is killing me. Um, but it must be doing my body some good. And, and naturally it does. So, you know, um, they will help build up um, not just your cardiovascular system, but that endurance and also that mindset. Again, ticking them off each week that you're getting them done. But I would also advise that you incorporate some resistance training um, into your program and within your week if you have the time, um, because this will help improve your strength to make you an overall better athlete and runner. Um, it is important to load our bones strengthen those muscles so uh, strength training is you know it's an important part that, of, of fitness that we should be doing anyway even if we're not running for a half marathon or any particular race we should be strength training um, at least twice a week um, and when I say strength training that could be you know doing gardening something where you're loading those bones and and moving a, a weight um, that challenges the body so if you, if you obviously are not doing that or you're not sure where to start naturally feel free to reach out to me but um it's building that strength in the body that's going to help those legs um when they get tired <laughs> and uh point number six building resilience um when you commit to a plan and you tick it off week by week it starts you start to see um a little pattern and you're not going to want to break that and and that commitment is to yourself ultimately right um legitimate excuses will come up for a reason as to why we can't run that week um and that's not to say that 
you know, you drop everything to, to not let something get in a way of one of those training runs. But if for some reason that training run doesn't happen on that day, and that's why it's important to pick the days that you're going to run and almost uh, block them out like you would a meeting with your boss and that they're non-negotiable. So unless something, you know, extreme comes in the way of that training run, you, you do that training run. So obviously the caveats would be that you may get injured or some emergency has come up um, that you can't obviously, or, or, or a work shift or something that you can't get around. You have to find a way to reschedule that running and get it done. And you have to be disciplined with that because if you don't, um, you know, oh, that's okay. I've just missed that one rate run that week. You'll get away with one week of doing that. But if that slides into two or three, you just won't be race ready. Uh, the, the body won't be ready and you're more likely to get yourself injured and you're just going to fall behind on the plan. Um, so it, it just makes it tougher to get back on track and you'll find that you're enjoying it less because you're playing catch up. So Remember, it's a mindset thing as well. So um, you want to enjoy the training run because that is such a big part of this whole journey. In actual fact, it's not the race day. It's the journey of who you are becoming that really um, grows you as a person and builds that confidence within. So remember, if it's absolutely pouring down with rain, which it is literally as I'm recording this, um, remember that the weather only affects what you wear. So don't make those excuses that it's wet out there. Just get out there and run. Because once you're out there, you quickly forget. And guess what? You feel so much better when you come in. <laughs> come into the warm. So point number seven, you need to increase that distance each week uh, naturally so that you build that strength in your cardiovascular system of your heart and your lungs. But also, as I've mentioned before, your muscles, your ligaments, your tendons and joints. Um, that need to adapt uh, to that added distance. Otherwise, um, unfortunately, injury niggles, um, if you go too hard too fast, they will start to present themselves. So it's all about spending the time on your feet, really, and allowing your body to adjust to that. Um, so just make sure that when you're increasing with that plan, you're either increasing the time that you spend on your feet or that mileage on that long run. Um, so, you know, typically you'll have one long run in the week um, and then you'll split that up with perhaps a shorter run or um, different tempos or interval training or hill climbs and stuff like that. So um, injury niggles uh, do come, unfortunately. Um, they are part and parcel of any fitness uh, challenge um, and it's knowing how to overcome those when they hit. So point number eight is remember your reason why. You may want to throw in the towel because you're injured or because you're not enjoying it. Um, and you are going to experience those down days, so do expect them. You know, you're going to go out and you're going to run and it just feels like it's so tough. Um, and they build you as a person, those ones. Those ones really count the most. And then there are other ones where you go out there and you thoroughly enjoy it or you pick up a niggle um, and, you know, unfortunately succumb to sort of colds or things like that um, that knocks you off the plan. That's inevitable. It's going to happen. So, again, you have to know when you absolutely need to rest and, and they normally say from a cold perspective if it's from the head up run and if it's from the the head down then don't um but yeah 
don't give in to those excuses unless um you you know obviously as i say is an injury find an alternative way uh, to train uh, so if perhaps you have injured your foot and in the previous episode with riley he he found another way so he'd uh, had a stress fracture which meant he could not run um, but he'd done so many consecutive runs that he didn't want to break that um, pattern and he found another way he got on a bike um, so there is you know you don't don't feel that you've got to throw in the towel if that happens you know uh, uh, going swimming instead of running still counts or going on a cross trainer or going on a bike they count as the runs but naturally obviously on a bike you'd need to double those miles so find another way so that you stay accountable and um, you don't feel then despondent uh, that you can't actually run uh, but equally so, be kind to yourself to know when you do have to rest, as I've picked up various uh, niggles and injuries along the way. And sometimes you really want to go and run, and it could be the worst thing that you go and do, because you will then actually <laughs> preclude yourself from the race uh, with that injury. So you do need to know when to rest up and and when to run and and know the difference and obviously if you need to reach out for specialist um care with regards to that but epsom salts baths are really good too <laughs> along with lots of stretching and foam rolling uh, to help keep that full range of motion in those joints and those muscles and obviously to to loosen that that stiffness and tightness that you have uh point number nine is always have a taper um, in your plan so this is where you cut back on the miles when you're leading up to that race uh, because you ultimately want your body to feel really fresh when you hit race day um, so that you can actually pull it out of the bag whatever it is that time that you want to achieve or I always say have have three goals um, on the day because even if as I say if you're an accomplished runner anything can be thrown at you so I think you should never be complacent and the first one is always that you you can get to race day fit and well you can actually race that's goal number one uh, and complete it and uh, race number two then obviously is set in a time that you want to achieve it somewhere in the middle and then the third one is that optimal time so you've got those three that you want to tick off because there's many a runner that has had to pull out the last minute due to those injuries and it's really really disappointing um, when you've done all the hard work of the training so um, the taper can feel odd this is when i picked up a lot of more of my injury nickels i think it's where my body is like oh, okay it's relaxing now and then it's sort of walloped me with everything and it's a strange place it's a strange place for the head the taper so i think you've got to be really mindful about um, your headspace here because it can sort of throw you out a bit because you you've been so consistent with regularly running and then all of a sudden you've reduced your miles or, or you're you know running a lot less it doesn't feel like you're putting in enough um it just feels odd um and it plays uh, tricks on your mind and, and makes you feel like are you actually going to be ready for that race day and as i say those injury niggles sort of come in but you just gotta trust the process and trust the plan that if you've done everything according to your plan that you will be good for the day um, and that taper is there for a reason to allow the body to recover 
um, and give you the best chance of of a most enjoyable and fun race um, on the on the specific day. Um, but in that time, absolutely, and all the way through your your training, you know, practice some Pilates or mobilization, functional work, and always relish your rest days because they are just as important as is obviously the, the sleep um, to make sure that you're, you know, ticking over in optimal condition. Um, which brings me into the final point of 10. Focus on your nutrition, hydration and sleep throughout your plan. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's not rocket science that if you want your body to do something, then it has to be fueled right, okay? Um, and that's going to make a huge difference into what type of race you have on the day as to being rather unpleasant or an enjoyable race. Um, so, yeah, absolutely eating healthy foods uh, and making sure you are um, getting the water in at least two litres for a woman, three litres for a man every day. Um, you should be doing that anyway and focusing on obviously those good foods uh fiber and obviously protein for the body's uh repair and growth but literally coming up to that race day you are going to start carb loading that's um incrementally increasing the carbohydrates throughout the week i mean you would do this a lot more for a marathon uh typically um you wouldn't need to do so much for a half marathon but it's not going to hurt obviously um having more uh, glycogen on tap to get you know use on the day uh, you are going to be doing a fair amount of steps for a half marathon and obviously if you're looking to get a pb um, you're going to want to adequately fuel for that but naturally um, your body um, has enough what we say energy uh, to do some workout or running for up to about 60 minutes and it, this is why they start offering uh, you know obviously the gels and the water typically around mile five um, so that you've got you know a good 10 10 minutes or so for that gel to to get into the body before that six mile mark um, to fuel you obviously for the second half of the race um, and obviously try out when you're training you know gels do they agree with you because they can they can affect the tummy and the last thing <laughs> On race day, one of the big things that everyone worries about is, you know, are you going to make it through the race with uh, not needing to stop for the toilet either for front or back? <laughs> um, so, you know, knowing what foods agree with you and practicing that throughout those training runs is going to help you on the day. And typically don't do anything different on race day than what you've done for training day. Otherwise, that really could upset your race um, so, yeah, you're practicing when you're training with, you know, your socks, your trainers, your hydration, your food, your fuel, all of these things to know what works and what doesn't, because ultimately on a training run, you can stop right um, if you need to rush back to go to the toilet or something. Um, so, you know, the plan that you have and you're ready, obviously, to embrace the day when it comes one other point I want to say, obviously I've covered my 10 points now, but typically for me, and I don't know, I can't account for other runners, but I have heard through running community that it can 
that you invariably don't sleep the night before the race. You've got that adrenaline, the nerves, um, and you end up waking up. And, and typically you've got to leave really early, uh, depending on where that race is. So you feel like you've only had about two or three hours sleep. And I remember feeling that um, way when I woke up for the London Marathon in 2019, thinking, oh my good God, how am I going to run a marathon? I've barely slept. But it's amazing how that adrenaline <laughs> on race day and the crowds, the support, um, sees you through. So don't let that knock you. You'll be fine. Um, it's just ensure you do get that breakfast. Again, nothing that you haven't done um, in the lead up to the race. And also another one that's really good and a lot of runners um, use this with regards to, well not use it, but ingest is a uh, beetroot juice um, really good for the nitrates in there so um, it's it's an acquired taste <laughs> normally uh, mixed with apple juice it is to make it a little bit more palatable but having some beetroot juice on the morning again try it beforehand um, will definitely help um, but otherwise once you're there you've done all the hard work it's there to enjoy the day drink it all in um, you have an idea in mind of what time you're going to be on your feet for how long and just trust the process, keep putting one foot in front of the other and if it is a half a marathon, try not to fixate on the whole of it, just focus on each mile as it comes. What can you do for that mile? Uh, you may have a downloaded a pacer paper bracelet uh, to give you your split times or you could be using you know a Garmin or a running watch to assess but yeah just focus on each mile as it comes um, embrace the pain if and when it comes you may not experience any pain but as I said by mile 10 balls of my feet were on fire so every time that I was placing my feet down it hurt but just embraced it and knew that I only had three miles left. So I always typically think at the end of it, park run, <laughs> but even then break it down. I just do this mile, this mile, this mile, and just celebrate the person that you're becoming for having achieved it. And if you've run for charity, then congratulations for raising money for a worthwhile cause and making a difference. And all of those positives, um, that resilience, that confidence will spill over into every other area of your life. So that's it. That's a wrap. That is how to complete a half marathon. I did five consecutive Cambridge half marathons. Uh, this one was in October due to COVID. It's normally run in March. I believe you can pre-apply for Cambridge 2022 which will be on the 6th of March and I won't be doing it because it's my husband's birthday um, but yes it is a very very popular race and um, it's iconic it's it's beautiful historic um, city so um, it's, it's getting more and more popular every year so uh, the the places do you know run out excuse the pun <laughs> really quickly so so do sign up for that and then you can you know get into that priority for when they release the um the places um but the the medals are always fantastic um the support is always amazing 
and they changed the routes on the last two that I've done so that you do run through um, through the uh, university and um, see all the lovely buildings and yeah loads of music along the way loads of support it's just such a wonderfully um, empowering day so if you do it's one of my favorite half marathons I've done quite a few now um, and it's by far the 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 best that I've done, hence why I've done five of them consecutively. And it, in actual fact, it was the very first half marathon that I ever did. And to give you a little bit of uh, an insight, when I ran that first one, I believe it was around two hours 23, I think, um, as a first ever half. And I was, oh my good God, <laughs> family came up to support and, um, we went in the pub like you do afterwards for a drink and just standing still did it um i just seized up like you wouldn't believe i had to almost be <laughs> carried to the restaurant um that we went to i was in absolute agony every muscle on my body hurt um and it just goes to show you how your body adapts over time if you consistently run so yeah two 223 and an incredibly crocked body um especially the next day as well getting up and down stairs was not fun um but i each year i managed to uh, slash that uh time down to um the two hour mark and then last year um i don't know how i did it to be quite honest but i pulled it out of the bag and got a 155 and this year was was tough because um, I actually was suffering with anemia. Um, and when I started my training, this is why I say about these points, knowing each run, um, I couldn't even run 5K. Literally, my heart was was jumping out of my body and I, I was so breathless. It was I just thought, what the hell's going on? And this is why I had to obviously seek medical care to find out knew something was wrong because I thought I can't even run 5k how the hell am I going to run half a marathon <laughs> so that was my starting point for this Cambridge half marathon literally struggling to do 5k um, having done you know a multitude of half marathons other distances and marathons two marathons within eight days you know you never know where you're going to be and I just followed a plan stuck to it um, had a few injury issues um, and had to drop a, a long training run but I did get the mileage in obviously I addressed the anemia issue alongside it and just wondered if I'd have enough time for the two to combine to obviously have a go at um, trying to hit my PB so alas um, I didn't I didn't beat it uh, I did achieve a sub two but unfortunately, I would fell short um, with 156, so just outside, which is it makes it almost more frustrating because it was so close. I think it was like about 30, just over 30 seconds. Um, if I, I think 30, 35 seconds or something, and and I would have beaten my PB. So you're always thinking afterwards, if only I just, if only I, but you have to treat each race with respect and you can only do what you can do on the day. So um, 
Unfortunately, on those medals, the, the time has gone down all but that last one, which is slightly up. But I'm proud to say I've, I've achieved two sub two um, half marathons now. And um, the five medals have gone on the older medal rack along with all the others. So if you are looking to um, do any running distance, to be fair, um, I, I'm actually um, a leader in running fitness uh, as well as a qualified personal trainer. So if you do need any help or support with regards to how to get started, naturally you can go online. But if you want a bit more of a human touch, then feel free to reach out to me either on my website, sassy10.com or on Instagram, sassy 10 fitness or the planted mindset podcast and i'll be sure to um you know give any advice or support by all means you know download my podcast and listen to them while you're training <laughs> they can be really empowering and, um and uh, help those those long runs on those dark nights but until next time have a good one